Thank you for being in church this morning. And you didn't have to carry an umbrella with you today or uh, bring your canoe or whatever you use. I asked this in the 815 service. How many of you, like six months ago, enjoyed or liked rain? Okay, keep your hand up if you still enjoy and like rain. Couple of you, okay. And uh, I, I do, I, I, I guess I will say I like the green grass better than brown grass, but if we keep getting rain, it's gonna turn into soup is what's gonna happen. But uh, uh, thankful for the sunshine today and I'm thankful for even on the, the gloomy days. I was telling my wife, I said, well, before we had kids, I loved rainy days. You could sleep in, enjoy it. And yeah, that, those days are gone. Now we have to send the kids out in the rain um, when they're, no, I'm just joking. We don't do that. But um, we're talking about a topic of words today. And uh, just a silly, probably uh, awkward illustration here. Go ahead and do this if you could just humor me this morning. Turn to the person on your right and say, I love you, sweetie pie. Well, just the spouses did that, hopefully. So, uh, but a little bit awkward, right? Hopefully, you're, hopefully you didn't have to turn to somebody else that you didn't know, don't even know their name, but you told them that. I'll say this, I lived in the South for a couple years, and it was amazing the different names that they would give to me. And, uh, you know, as they'll say, hey, thanks, honey, or thanks, sugar pie. And I'm like, do I, do I know you? Um, and try doing that in uh, New England, and um, you might get shot. I don't know. But um, we're talking about our words and how much they really are, are, they, they really are connected to our emotions. And, I'll, and I'll, we'll get into this in the, in the message, but uh, when I am happy, it's amazing how happy things come out of my mouth. When I'm sad, it's amazing how sad things come out of my mouth. When I'm angry... We won't go there. We'll go there later. But uh, Luke 6.45 says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart uh, bringeth forth that which is evil. And out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaketh. So it's very important to know about our words today. And we'll look at this. And we're going to get to the text here in just a moment. Let me ask you this. If I was to have an orange and I was able to squeeze it, what should come out of it? Orange juice. Okay, three of you got that. Great job. Uh, moving on. Uh, if I was to squeeze an apple, what kind of juice comes out of it? Okay, two more. Got that one right. Okay. Uh, but if I was to squeeze a tomato, what would come out of that? Ketchup. No, no, just joking. Uh, tomato juice. And, uh, you know, I, I want to just encourage you as we go through the message today to ask the Lord to search your heart today. Uh, there's so many things that squeeze us in this life, uh, whether it could be a uh, a chance to, you know, glorify God. Hopefully, Christian things flow, or maybe it's a way to walk away from what we what we know, what the truth is. And something happens, a storm or a trial, and we get squeezed, and something that's not Christ-like comes out. And I would be the first one in line to say that has happened more two times than I'm, uh, I'd like to admit. About when we are a Christian, hopefully, when these things squeeze us, Christian things should come out, and we'll look at that uh, through the Word of God this morning. Um, James says that there's two types of words, and we're going to look at this in uh, James chapter 3 here, beginning in verse number, I can get my pages all here, I might even turn there, that'd be a good place to turn. I was homeschooled, I can do this, three, two, that was not the right order, there's two, here's three, here we go. Verse number two, it says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. 
Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, therewith, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Verse 12, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, even a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And we did that a little bit in the illustration with the, the orange and the apple and the tomato, but James says there's two types of words, words that are going to bless and words that are going to curse. And uh, there we could see in the scripture that it says that these things not ought to be so, talking about the believer, talking about the Christian, that we, our words should be blessings. It should be praising the Lord. It should be telling people about Christ. It should not be uh, things that are negative, things that are uh, cursed curse according to the word of God. But James says you can have blessings or you can have cursings that come out. And every one of us have the potential to do that each and every day. Each time we open our mouth, it could be a blessing or it could be a cursing that comes out of our mouth. Proverbs 11 uh, verses uh, 9 and 11 says, an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Verse 11, by the blessing of the upright, the city exalted, but is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So that means you could change not only your life uh, or, or the world, but by, by just changing the way that you speak. You understand, I think we all do, but just way of uh, review this morning, that when you speak kind things, normally good things happen, as far as at least when you encourage somebody, that person's probably not going to get mad that you're encouraging them. Uh, but if we are saying negative and cursings towards one another, okay, probably not going to have the great, uh, the, the great uh, understanding of what, what that goes to. So by way of uh, introduction, I have a very long introduction, then we'll have uh, the challenge there at the end. I'd like to look at the first topic of destructive words. Destructive words. And number one there in your worksheet, the first topic or the first words that we'll look at that are destructive would be lies. Would be lies. Proverbs 6 says this. Talking about the seven things that the Lord hath, verse 7, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and this, uh, he that soweth discord among the brethren. It says these six things that the Lord hates, that seven are an abomination. He talks about lying twice. It's amazing. Now, it doesn't mention uh, murder twice, doesn't mention pride twice, it mentions lying twice. And uh, many times, all of those things can be connected. When we're proud, we begin to lie. And when we begin to lie, we lie to ourselves and start to do things that are not ought to be so for us. But two of the seven things is God hates lying. Proverbs 12, 22 puts it this way. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. So why does God hate lies? John 14, verse 6 talks about how uh, the Jesus Christ, he is truth. He is truth. And what is the devil? He's the father of all what? Lies, okay? 
So we got Jesus, who is truth, and we got Satan, who is father of all, of all lies. Now, if we had to take a poll this morning and everybody's eyes were open, I think we'd all would like to honestly say, I don't want to be uh, on Satan's team, okay? But many times when we choose to lie, we are pushing Jesus Christ out of the way and say, no, I want, to, I want to be destructive with my words. These things ought not to be so for a believer. Uh, there in your worksheet, I was reading the topic of, uh, on lying, and here it is. It says, the ripple of today's lie is tomorrow's wave and next year's flood. When you tell one lie, you've got to tell another lie. And that just begins to open up, if you will, a can of worms. And it begins to be something that just becomes a part of you. Um, someone didn't have to teach me how to lie. Uh, I've shared that illustration many times. I remember the first time, I'm sure I'd lied before, but I remember the first time I realized what I did was a lie when I was at that wedding uh, when I was five years old and I touched the cake and my dad said, did you touch that cake? And I said, no. And he believed me. And I remember just the, the guilt that came ab- uh, upon me. And I said, I just lied to my dad. And uh, what, was, what was wrong? I was, I was fearful to, uh, to tell him what I've done. I was shameful for what I have done. And also, I knew that there would probably be a punishment if I told him yes. Well, guess what? Uh, as I try to tell my kids what my parents told me, that you're, you're, you're going to get in more trouble when you lie. And we can see that through the scripture this morning, that lying is never, is never good. Um, I shared this in 815. The only time it's okay to lie when it's around Christmas time when you say, don't, you know, I didn't get you anything. I didn't get you a Christmas present or anything like that. Uh, but no, we shouldn't even just have just a little bit of lie and it's, oh, it's okay this one time. I just won't tell. I didn't lie. I just didn't tell the whole truth. Uh, be very careful about that. I don't, uh, don't want to be known as someone who is a liar. Uh, I don't want to be known as someone that you can't trust. Uh, everybody probably uh, at one point or another has had someone in your life when someone said something, you're thinking, I don't know if that's true. Um, and if you don't know that person, it's probably, no, okay, never mind. Uh, but the ripple of today's lie is tomorrow's wave and next year's flood. So we got lies. Second thing is uh, destructive words would be gossip, the area of gossip, right? Maybe you've heard me say this before. I don't repeat gossip. I just report the facts. Um, no, but uh, gossip is something that we talked about several weeks ago on Sunday night. Many of you were here, but this is something that we as Christians tend to just abuse and think that it's okay to just talk about one another. Uh, now, it's okay to talk about one another in a positive way. It's okay to encourage people and say, hey, you know, uh, you need to encourage this person in this area. But what I'm saying is this, uh, you don't like people to gossip about you. You should not gossip about them. What we should be doing is when we have an issue, take it to them directly and talk to them and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. But what we like to do is we like to share, right? Oh, be in prayer for this person. I think that they're having an issue with this. Uh, or, hey, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, if it's not your business, it shouldn't be your business to talk about. So here we got on the worksheet here, too. Uh, very simple. The key to building relationships is to talk to people rather than about them. Gossip is talking about people. Communication is talking to people. Uh, the Bible puts it this way in Proverbs 16, 28. A forward man so with strife and a whisperer separate of chief friends. Uh, Proverbs 20, 22, say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. And here's the one that convicts me, Proverbs 10, 18, he that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a what? It's a fool. I don't want to be known as a fool, but when we gossip and when we try to slander one another, that's your label. We are being a fool. We're being a fool. And uh, people that talk about people are fools, but those who talk to people directly they're wise. And if someone is gossiping to you, they're probably gossiping about you. You know how to stop gossip when someone starts talking to you? Hey, let's not talk about this. Hey, this isn't right for us to talk about. You know, that's something very easy to do, although many times we don't, don't do it. So here's the truth about gossip. A couple things here. I think this is on your worksheet. Remember this. When you're being gossiped about, 
Okay, don't go hurt that person, but remember, hurt people hurt people. They're hurting. How many of you understand that uh, our words are very powerful? James was talking about how just uh, those little things that can control. It talked about how put a bit in a, in a horse's mouth. Now, uh, I, I, my wife likes horses. What's funny is my daughter likes horses, and she talks about how she wants to have a horse someday. And said, Dad, why can't we have a horse here on the church property? Uh, there's so much room. Um, and uh, I'll tell her what, uh, what my uh, in-laws told my wife. When you get married someday, maybe you can have a horse. And then I told Jennifer, no, we cannot have a horse. Uh, but the t- couple times I've pretended to know what I was doing on a horse, I was thankful there was a bit in the mouth. And half the time it listened to me. The other time it was eating grass somewhere else. Um, you know, we did that for our, for our honeymoon. We were in Hawaii, and you see it online to go on this trail ride on a horse. And I uh, have pictures of it. I should have showed it to you. But uh, whoever put my saddle on was playing a joke on me. It was like halfway off the horse. So here I am riding on the horse. And he's like, would you like to go as fast as you could down there? Uh, not really. I uh, would not like to do that. But all that to say is that, was little, that little thing can control that, that horse. I think about this. It talks about there in James. Just a little, a little spark, uh, what that damage can do. Uh, I was a millwright assistant from the, from the age of 14 all the way up until uh, about 22, 23 years old. Uh, it was a job that was very tough as a 14-year-old. I remember getting up before the sun got up. Didn't realize the sun uh, got up before, or you're allowed to do that, but uh, I did for that job. And then uh, I remember getting home before, after the sun went down. And uh, what's amazing is that summer I stayed out of a lot of trouble, um, just working hard. And I remember my best friend was working with me. And I'd, he, uh, after about two weeks, he quit. And I went home and I told my parents, I want to I quit too. And they said, you can quit. I said, yes. They said, at the end of the summer, because you told them you'd work for the whole summer. You know what's amazing is that that summer, uh, they could not pay me uh, each week or even each month, but they gave me one check at the end of the summer. I was 14 years old. I didn't have very many bills. And I remember being done. I'm like, oh, I'm done with that. And then they gave me that one check after three months. And I saw that money. I said, I think I could do this again uh, next summer. But I remember one of those times, uh, what probably was about 17 years old, I remember they were welding next to this cornfield, and those sparks were flying, and I was on fire watch, and I'm watching Watching it, and we soaked down the area after they were done welding. And then the next thing I had to do is I had to go to uh, the top of the grain leg, and I start going up there about 85 feet in the air to work on something. And all of a sudden, I just hear panic, panic down there. And I look down, and I see that this cornfield started on fire. Now, this was 15 minutes after we had already been done. Now, praise the Lord, thankfully, the farmer had just picked his crop, uh, so there was no corn that was getting burned at the time. But I remember just standing up there on that leg, watching everybody running around. I wish I I didn't have a video camera at the time, but I wish I would have. That would have been something to show this morning. But I remember just thinking, that is crazy how fast that got out of hand. Seven minutes later, the fire uh, rescue showed up. It was just seven minutes. They did a wonderful job. We were out in the middle of nowhere. It's amazing they made it there that fast. And in those seven minutes, we uh, managed to burn 11 acres of soil. And uh, thankfully, the farmer was actually grateful for it because it made his soil a little bit more rich. But if the wind would have been blowing the other way, it would have went towards this field that was not picked yet. And they got there just in time because 50 yards away was the farmer's outbuilding, which had a lot of equipment in it. And I remember that was when everybody started to get nervous, and it was very windy that day. But I thought about that as I was reading that this morning, just a little spark, and look at the damage that's been done. And you, can you uh, just think about your words, what they can do to someone's life? And I hope as a Christian, we're telling them the best news of all, and we'll get to that later, but that's Jesus Christ. 
I hope it's not just about, oh, you know, this, this and this and that, and those are all <laughs> great things to talk about, but what I'm saying is this, we ought to, not to, we ought to be talking about Jesus Christ with everybody, that, everybody we get in contact with, and uh, not to just uh, gossip, uh, but to spread the good news, spread the good news that a Christian should do that. Hurt people hurt people. Uh, how about this? Uh, I wrote this down. Feelings, I've talked about this before, but feelings, this isn't on your worksheet, are not facts. Uh, feelings still hurt. Okay, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words shall never, yeah, whoever made that up must have been deaf, because I've heard some words before that have hurt me. Uh, maybe not so much towards me, but maybe directed towards someone that I loved. A word that was said that hurts. Uh, but the, 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 it comes back to the scripture of we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hey, that might have been meant for evil, uh, but I'm not going to let that thing bother me. I'm going to have a soft answer that turns away that wrath. Uh, victims, I wrote this down, victims will never walk in victory. So I'm, what I'm saying by that is this. When we live in that hurt because of maybe some destructive words and we just live there, someone's said something to me and I'm hurting, now I'm going to let my words hurt other people because maybe you've adopted the, uh, your version of that passage of Scripture that says, do unto others as you'd want done unto you. My kids have adopted when Ryder hits Ryan, Ryan smacks him back and says, well, Dad, he did it to me and I thought that's what he wanted me to do to him because that's what the Bible says. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to treat them how you'd like to be treated. And a Christian should be an example of Jesus Christ. And when we live there in that hurt, if you become a victim of, oh, man, I've been so wronged, think about what you've been forgiven. And uh, victims will never walk in victory. So hurting people will hurt people. So don't hurt people. Don't allow your hurt to hurt people. Allow your hurt to help, help people. Um, next, not only lies and gossip, but next, impure words. Destructive words, impure words. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 12, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a forward mouth. Proverbs 10, 31, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the forward tongue shall be cut out. And here's, here's the command here in Proverbs 4, 24, put away from thee a forward mouth, perverse lips, put far from thee. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I didn't think we'd have to talk about this, and I'm not trying to uh, make anybody upset this morning. I want to encourage you, but as a Christian, as a believer, cussing should not be in the lips of a believer of Jesus Christ. Uh, impure words, dirty jokes, or name-calling, or gossiping, or uh, uh, just, just being quick with our tongue and being bitter and being hurtful with our tongue, those things ought not to be for a Christian. But what do we do? We abuse the grace of God and say, oh, I don't really care what that person thinks of me. I'm just going to use, I'm going to use my words how I want to. So if you can imagine with me, uh, this is a silly illustration this morning, but if a skunk was to crawl underneath your bed and it died, okay, hopefully the skunk's not in your house, but if it was, the first morning, you might not really notice anything too much, but anybody that came into the bath bedroom after that walked in there, they would instantly smell something. Past a couple days later, right, you, you're in there and you never left the room, you become accustomed to that stink to the part where you really don't even smell it, but someone that walks in says, something is dead in here, man. Do you ever clean? Do you ever clean your room? Um, I think about this. Um, I remember the, the night that we brought Ryan and Ryder home from the hospital. Uh, we had been there for a while and uh, in, the, in the room, I should say, and we were going to bed. And uh, actually, my mother-in-law was visiting at the time. And she said, guys, it smells like propane in here. And I remember we just had been in there for so long. I'm like, no. And I remember walking outside, spending about five minutes out there walking back in. And the, I could smell propane. And what happened was, uh, we brought Ryan and Ryder home from the hospital. Reagan was not too sure about her brother, so she decided to turn the oven on uh, with the propane. She was trying to s smother her brothers. I don't know what she was trying to do, but uh, all that to say, I remember it was like once I got out and I smelled fresh air and came back in, something is wrong here. You know what? 
uh, we need to, as Christians and, and believers, we need to encourage one another, hey, we shouldn't talk like that. Hey, maybe you're used to it. Maybe you've been around that secular world and you've been hearing all those words and all those conversations and you've, you're, you, don't hear, you don't smell the stink anymore. Well, let's be the type of Christian friend to say, hey, let's not talk like that. You know, that wasn't right. And we could be the ones to say, you know what? I, I told the 815 crowd, I have foot and mouth disease like every day because I had to put my foot in my mouth because I said something before I thought about it. And uh, let's, let's be, as a Christian, let's, let's be saying things that are not destructive but constructive. If you could turn to a passage of scripture with me, please, this morning, Matthew chapter 15. I'd like to look at this very quickly, and we'll be done here in just a few short moments. Matthew chapter 15. says in verse number 11 of Matthew 15, says this, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard the saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be, uh, they be blind, leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us, this parable. And Jesus said, are ye also yet without understanding? <laughs> hey, did you not just understand what I've said to you? Uh, verse 17, do not yet ye understand that whatsoever entereth in the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. But those things that which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So the Bible teaches us it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. It's what's, it's what's, coming, it's what's coming out. You know, you don't always have control of where, you, where you're at in the workplace to hear the conversation, the language that they use, but you have control, and you need to ask Jesus Christ to help you with the control of what comes out of your mouth. You know, it's, it is very hard sometimes when somebody might say something in spite, and you want to say something back. Uh, but again, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So let's, let's look at next here, not destructive words, but let's look at constructive words. Constructive words. Number one, good words. Good words. Finish this phrase for me. Maybe your mom said this as well. But if you have nothing nice to say, then what? Don't say anything at all. And uh, I think my mom probably watched Bambi, I think. But my mom probably came up with that phrase is what it was. But uh, hey, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And what I mean by that is sometimes best thing is just to close our mouth. Um, the Bible literally talks about and teaches us that he that shut his mouth is wise. Uh, and it'd be better for people to think, think that you're a fool than you to open up your mouth and remove all doubt and uh, to say all of that. That's what the Bible teaches about. Sometimes it's better just not to say anything at all. Uh, good words. If you could humor me this morning, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Miss April, can you make sure that computer volume is up? Can you play that, that video that's next? Here's about talking about good words here. Might need a switch car insurance, I don't know. But uh, how about this? Sometimes it's better just to not say anything at all. And uh, 
I wonder, I wonder if that ever happened. I'm surprised they had video cameras back there for Abraham Lincoln. But uh, Proverbs 10.20 says this, The tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. Proverbs 10.21, The lips of the righteous feed many, but the fools die for want of wisdom. Proverbs 16.24, Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Good words, it's, like, it's life-giving, it's like fine silver, encouraging, it's sweet, it's healthy. I want to ask you, does that describe the words that you've used this past week? Would they be words that are life-giving, like fine silver? Are they encouraging? Are they sweet? Or is it something of the opposite and destructive? Uh, Next, not only good words, but next, timely words. Timely words. Again, even if it's truthful, your words should be spoken at the right time. I remember a funny illustration uh, of my parents of um, my dad had come home uh, from a trip or something and my mom had forgotten to, to, to do something and they were having a discussion, kind of getting frustrated with one another. My dad's like, well, what do you mean you didn't do this? And then I remember my dad just, uh, it was sarcasm and it, it cut the tension with a knife after that. And he, says, he said, and don't tell me you didn't do the dishes either. And uh, he was joking at that time, but many times we do. Uh, all of a sudden, we have some issues that we need to talk to somebody about, and something goes wrong, and all of a sudden, you know what? I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Here's all the other things that you need to work on. Um, how about, no, no, these are the things that I need to work on, our timely words. I got one more video, if you can humor me one more time, talking about the timing of our words. Go ahead and play that video. Well, timing is everything sometimes with our words. Having a, a timely word to say. You know, it's, uh, I think I have this on your worksheet here, but it's so simple to just say what comes to our mind whenever we think about it. Maybe not give it a second thought. But what's so minor to you could be very major to somebody else. You know, I didn't think it was that, that much of an issue to talk to somebody about that at that time. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I, I just know from being behind the scenes sometimes with ministry, it seems like nobody is, I'm not thinking about anybody specifically, but it is amazing how some of the most uh, discouraging news sometimes can come to a pastor right before he stands up and preaches. Hey, this, this happened, or hey, pray for this, and it's almost, I'm glad that maybe they, they, they went to the pastor and told him about something, but sometimes it's like, let's, let's think about the timing, the timing of our words. Hey, maybe something that's so minor to you uh, is major to others. So timely words. Number three, controlled words. You know, in James chapter three, it talked about how no man, they've tamed a bunch of animals, but no man has been able to tame the tongue. God uses, used words to create this whole universe. You think about that. He spoke his words to create this universe. He gave us, we're the only creation on this planet that he has made that has words that we use, language. We need to be very careful with our words. Uh, I think about just many how that verse there talked about no man can tame the tongue. That is why it's so important each and every day. Lord, I'm, give, I'm yielding my body to you. Lord, my hands, my feet, my tongue, my mind, my eyes, my ears, it is all yours. Help me to walk in a way that is pleasing to you. Uh, controlled words. Uh, Proverbs 13, 3, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth widest lips. Uh, man, I got to turn there. I did that again in the other service. Proverbs 13, I don't have the whole reference there. I got cut off, and I'm going to mess it up here. Proverbs 13, 
verse number three, it says, he that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have, that's the word, destruction. Uh, should have destruction. We can have destructive words, or we can have constructive words, things that encourage us in one another. Remember that at the very beginning, we talked about oranges. You squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. You squeeze an apple, apple juice comes out. If I, and I don't have it with me, but if I would have brought a sponge up here and I said, whatever I put the sponge in, it's going to absorb what it is. And when I squeeze it out, that's when it comes out. We are like sponges. And I hope that each and every day that we are saturating ourselves with the word of God, that we are saturating ourselves with, the, with, with what the Lord wants us to do and, and yielding ourselves each and every day to you. So let me say this. May you say, I don't care about my words. Maybe you, maybe you don't even think about them. But your words could be destructive. They could be constructive. Let's ask God to guide our words towards godly things. Uh, maybe sometimes we talk too much. Maybe sometimes it's good just to keep our mouth closed and not talk about that at that time. Um, the one thing that I, I could be very guilty of is when someone's sharing something with me, I can already be thinking about how I'm going to respond to what they're saying before they even told me the whole story. Um, and, and there's been times that I'll be saying something and someone's like, yeah, and then and they start to, to talk about something. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not even where I was going with that. Um, I want to say to them, sorry that the middle of my sentence interrupted the beginning of your sentence, uh, but I thought, now that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good timing. Um, but nonetheless, I hope that we're taking the time to listen. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge this morning. Number one, think before you speak. Think before you speak. Uh, we say many times to, to my kids when I can tell they're about to say something, stop, count to 10, or oh, you can't count that high, count to three, <laughs> three times. But how about this? Stop and pray. Think about before you speak, say, Lord, help me to, ha to have words that are edifying, that are encouraging, not just speaking lies, but they're speaking truth, and speaking truth uh, in truth and in love with our words. Uh, next, not only think before you speak, but number two, listen before you answer. Listen before you answer. Control your words. You know, I'm so thankful so many times that I have spoken to someone about something that maybe was a negative thing that was happening in my life, and almost, if you will, if you can follow, almost like airing out my dirty laundry, some things that are going on, and someone just sat there and they listened, and instead of them saying probably what I wanted them to say, oh, I'm so sorry this is happening to you, I was thankful they said, you know, that's very serious, let's pray about this, but you know what, the Lord, and then they'll show me from the Bible how to correct that thing or how to get victory over that. I don't want to hear about, and please don't misunderstand me this morning, I don't want to read some self-help book or get on some type of medication to make me feel better. I want to saturate myself with the word of God and say, this is what, what, what goes into the heart is what comes out. And if you are just, only, the only time that you're getting the word of God is coming to church, and don't get me wrong, I'm glad you're here, but if the, your only Bible time is here in the service, you're not going to survive. You're not going to survive the Christian life. You have to each and every day. It is so important. I'm so thankful for parents that instilled in me, even if it was just a couple minutes a day, to read the Word of God. Maybe I didn't understand it. I remember many times talking uh, to some of my friends, even me sometimes, saying, I don't really understand that. You know what? The more I read it, the more I understand it. Maybe I didn't understand it at first, but the more that you read it, the more that you understand. We need to take time for the Word of God. Number, number three here, not only think before you speak, listen before you answer, but number three, learn from the master, and that was what I got into right there. Read God's word. Look how God used his words. Look how Jesus Christ spoke his words in a very good and timely way. There's some harsh words that Jesus Christ said, but he said it at the right time, and it was truth uh, to the ones he was speaking to. And then lastly, put away destructive words and practice constructive words. 
Now, you got every blank filled there on your, on your worksheet. I'm going to close my Bible here, but I would be doing you an injustice. I wouldn't be speaking the greatest word to you all if I left this out of this part of the message. But the greatest words that were ever spoken, I believe, was when Jesus Christ came and he died on this cross for us. He came because he loves you. For God so loved the world. He loved each and every one of you. Maybe you're here today, you've never asked Jesus Christ to come to your heart and save you. Can I just tell you, uh, from the word of God, it is very evident, it's very clear. This isn't just something that Caleb Schnur came up with or Harvest Baptist Church came up with. This is what the word of God is. There is a, there are a real place called heaven. There's a real place called hell. No matter what you think, what you know about that, it only matters what the Bible says about that. And it's a real place. And everybody's going to spend an eternity there, whether you like it or not. And maybe you have the connotation of many people I've spoken to, whatever God you believe in gets you to heaven. No, absolutely not. The only, the Bible says that God, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I want to encourage you what the kids said in the beginning of the service today. Uh, For the wages of sin is death. Uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and we all deserve a place called hell. Those are some, maybe some words that are not so encouraging, but here's the best part, that second part of Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe you've never accepted that gift. Can I encourage you? That gift is waiting for you. You don't have to get baptized like Liam did this morning. I'm so glad he did. As Pastor mentioned, it's just an outward profession of what you've done on the inside, showing people on the outside what I did on the inside. I'm wearing a wedding ring this morning. I put this on. That didn't make me married, but it identifies that I am married. If I take it off, that doesn't mean I'm no longer married. Uh, If I take it off, I might get punched in the arm, but it doesn't mean that I'm no longer married. But uh, choosing to identify with Jesus Christ, baptism can't get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ, what he did for you. He said, well, you know, good people don't just go to heaven. Can I tell you, good people go to hell, too. Bad people don't go to hell. You know what? Some bad people go to heaven, but it's because of what they've done with Jesus Christ. You know, I, I can't, my, my, works of, uh, my works of righteousness are filthy rags, but his righteousness, that's when God looks at me, he sees Jesus Christ, he sees the blood because of what, not anything that I've done, but only because of what Jesus Christ has done. So if I can close for the non-believer today, you've never done that before, can you please, I plead with you, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off anymore. That's the best words that anybody could ever tell you. Jesus loves you, he died for you, and God's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Let's Bible how they can be saved. And Lord, for the Christians today, Lord, help us to use our words in a constructive way. And Lord, just there in James chapter 3, those things ought not to be so. Blessings and cursing should not come out of the mouth of a Christian, but only blessings. And Lord, I pray that as we go about our lives and into our workplaces and our schools, Lord, help us to speak the name of Jesus Christ. The name is above all names. We ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.